Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the show, I have my friend, Lori Palau. Lori is the founder of Simply Be Organized, where she helps you clear the clutter for good. She's also the host of the top-rated podcast, This Organized Life, and the author of the book, Hot Mess. Lori has been studying the psychology of clutter for years and years, and has recently been diving into how she can use the the knowledge from the Enneagram to help people clear their clutter. So today we are going to do an overview of all nine Enneagram types and kind of their pitfalls and the things that can help them when it comes to clutter and organizing their home. This month of April, we are talking all things spring cleaning. So I thought that Lori would be the perfect person to have on the show to chat about tidying up our homes. You are going to learn so much from this conversation. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the show, Lori. We are so thrilled that you're here and I'm so excited to chat about the Enneagram. I'm excited to just be chatting with you because (laughs) you're like one of my favorite people. And so I'm excited to even be on your show. Yes. I'm so excited you're here and so honored. Um, Well, first introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So I'll give you kind of like the big 30,000 foot overview. So my name's Lori Palau. I run a company called Simply Be Organized. Actually, let me more importantly say, married to my husband for almost 24 years. We have two grown-ish girls. So I'm a mom of bigs, 21 (laughs) and 18. So So I'm in a completely different season than you are. Right. Sometimes it's kind of hard to wrap my brain around that, but... (laughs) Yeah, because I'm sure they still feel six and nine. (laughs) In my head, they do sometimes. And then I'm just, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, When they were like six and nine, I actually started my company called Simply Be Organized. And I started at the time as a professional organizing company when it was Mm not a hot, trendy, really mainstream. (laughs) thing. And right. I love, I love how it's grown. I mean, I could just talk for hours just on the industry of itself and I've watched its evolution, but I really saw a need out there for busy moms. That was kind of my demographic, right? Because sure. there's a big spectrum, just helping people find strategies to live your life more intentionally, not allow clutter or disorganization to consume you. And over the time of working with people, the business has grown into speaking and writing and podcasting and all the things. So that's kind of in a nutshell what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, I was on uh, Lori's show and it's episode 271. If you guys want to go back and listen to us chat even more, if you can't get enough. And I mentioned Enneagram and she's like, I love Enneagram. And so I knew that I had to have her come on and talk about the Enneagram because my followers have been asking questions recently as I've been talking about it more. And Lori is so interesting because she has taken the Enneagram and the principles of the 
Enneagram and has put that on messiness, clutter, and helping people organize because the Enneagram is all about motivations. And so she's like really harnessed that to talk about helping your home be organized. So I can't wait to dive in. So first, Lori, can you just give us a high level overview for those people listening who've never heard of the Enneagram and they want to know more? Yeah, absolutely. So again, real big picture, broad stroke. Enneagram is a personality typology. Many of you might be familiar with like Myers-Briggs or Mm -hmm. DISC or other personality typologies. And on the one hand, it's really not that different from other ones. It talks a little bit about characteristics of Mm -hmm. who you are intuitively. But what sets the Enneagram apart from other personality typologies, like you said, is that it looks at motivation rather than behavior. So it's the why you do the things you do, not Mm -hmm. what you're doing, but why you're doing it. Right. And so for me, I found that really fascinating because through the decade plus that I've been working with clients, and I really didn't elaborate on this when I was kind of talking about what I do, is I realized early on that there wasn't a one-size-fits-all approach. There were different people, regardless of age, race, working outside the home, working inside the home, married, single, whatever it was, some things resonated with some people Mm -hmm. and worked for them and other strategies didn't. And so I, before even learning about the Enneagram, started to understand what I call the psychology of clutter, looking Mm -hmm. at what is clutter and naming it, kind of giving language. Mm, Because I think sometimes it's not so much about labeling people or labeling things, but providing language so that you can articulate and communicate what you do. Because a lot of times we're just frustrated with things because we don't have the language to articulate it. So that's what I have been doing. And so then fast forward, when I was introduced to the Enneagram and it has nine types and we'll kind of walk through them to give Mm -hmm. people an introduction into each of them. It was interesting because I was looking at the different motivations of each type. And so Mm -hmm. I started to just kind of hypothesize, well, I wonder if there's a connection between what people's motivation is based on their Enneagram type and how they respond to clutter, whether they are super controlling and averse to clutter or what I call clutter blind, where you know the right. people that can like yes. walk past like a sink full of dishes right. or stuff and be like, how did that not bother you? And like, you, right. you don't even see it because it's just not on the radar. <laughs> That's a great term, clutter blind. That's yeah. so real. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Well, that's perfect. And I want to ask one question because I yeah, got sure. this question on my Instagram and it was from someone who it seemed like they identified as a Christian and they said, what's up? You know, like I, I keep hearing about Enneagram, but I, I'm i hesitant. It's not in the Bible. I, you know, I don't know how to feel about it. Where are its origins? So can you speak oh my to gosh. that at all? That is such a great question. And yeah. I actually, so I'm a Christian as well. And right. I, when I first heard of the Enneagram, so I don't know if maybe like you want to even post one on Instagram or whatever. The image of the Enneagram could be a little off-putting if you yes. don't know it. Right. It could look like a little pentagram-ish. Yes. And I was like, is this some sort of pagan worship right. thing? Like, yeah. I did not know. So like, true. I, did it. I never thought was, about that, but that's true. Well, it does that kind was of my, look like that. Yeah. And so again, when I saw, so it's, it's a circle and inside the circle, there's a triangle and then a bunch of intersecting arrows. And right. 
what it represents, I will just say from the get-go, what that represents is about the connection points between the different Enneagram types. Because when yes. you dive deep, which we're not going to get into today, right. when you start peeling back the layers, you can see that there's a little bit of each of the nine types in all of us. Right. It's just which one is dominant in you. Yes. And so the arrows and the all the crazy, wacky image yes. is really a diagram for lack yeah. of better words mm-hmm. of how the different types relate to one another. Yeah. That's like a very, you know, yeah. And, it, and then we're not going to dive deep, which we'll have to another yeah. time, but it does yeah. get so interesting. Like I'm a seven and I go here in stress and I can yes. go here in, you know, when I'm doing yes. well and all these things. So it's, it's how it relates, but yeah, it can look yes. a little off-putting. And to answer, <laughs> but to go back to your question about the Bible and Christian, I actually, went to my pastor yeah, and I asked him about it. And he was not familiar with the Enneagram. Mm. I live in the North. I felt it was also somewhat geographic. Like where I live, there isn't like a huge, like Christian population. I don't know my, and I feel like in certain geographic pockets, it's just more popular than it is. And so it isn't super popular where I live, but I, this was like several years ago and I asked my pastor about it and he did a little bit of research and he basically, I think he summed it up beautifully. Mm -hmm. He's like, I think it seems like a good tool, which is how I present it. Even with my work with clutter, he goes, it's not the gospel. We're not using this as the gospel, but it does have some Christian roots because it was an oral tradition again, passed from its history. It's Mm -hmm. like 4,000 years old. Right. And it was taught by Franciscan priests and it was an oral transition. So it is, even though it's not biblically taught, it does have some Christian roots and it's not, I was more concerned about it being like, Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. Right. I was like, yes. before I dive deep into this, I want to sure. make sure that I am not doing something that does not align with my core yeah. values. Sure, absolutely. And the first book that I read was Richard Rohr's book on mm-hmm. the Enneagram. And sure. he is a monk. And unlike other Enneagram books, which I'm sure you've read a lot too, like Richard Rohr's book is like this thick, like an inch thick of the history. Like that's where he starts. And then it's like, and then let me tell you about the nine types. And so, you know, he talks about, it has roots in Christianity, also Judaism, also Islam. It's from thousands and thousands of years ago in Mm -hmm. the desert, like apparently. And so, you know, and here's how I fall on it too. Like, and I'm a little less conservative than some other people, but I kind of feel like if we find something that's truth... I think that God is true and all things that are true come from God. And so if we find truth, it's from God, right? So, you know, I I feel like God's like search for truth and that's me. That's where you'll find me. And so if we feel like this is true and this works, then I, you know, I I don't have any hesitations using it myself. Yeah. And my stance, just to kind of say before we dive into the nitty gritty and that Mm -hmm. we're the tactical side of things is... I'm all about grace, right? And I'm older than you. I'm like on the back nine, I feel like, you know, and as I've gotten (laughs) older, I've tried to embrace grace on so many levels for myself, as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend in business, however it is. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you from my own personal experience, 
understanding the Enneagram has given me the ability to have a different set of grace and empathy for people that see the world through a different lens than I do. Because we all, and we were talking about this offline, just about kind of where you grow up geographically. Like, you know what you know, and you see the world the way that you see the world and you interpret things the way you do. And we assume that other people are processing information the same way. Right. And the Enneagram just really (laughs) shows it. And I think it's just a great tool in general. But for me, I really wanted to kind of stay in my lane of clutter, right? That's where I've been. I built this career, this brand, this call, whatever you want, really helping people with clutter. So I didn't want to all of a sudden say, okay, I'm abandoning ship and I'm just going all in and becoming this Enneagram coach. That wasn't what I wanted, even though I'm super fascinated in it. I said, how can I apply this Mm. knowledge, this insight and align it with the work that I'm doing? Because one of the greatest things that I've heard is, about the Enneagram, it's not just good enough to know it, like a mm-hmm. coffee table talk, like what's your type? That's a good yes. conversation starter. Right. But if you really want to do something about something that's not going well in your life, it's like, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. So how can I use this information to be a better version of myself? And to yeah. me, that's really what God wants us to do anyway. Yes. And I totally agree. I mean, I feel like it's not only helpful for you to understand your own motivations. Why do I do this? Why do I react that way when this happens? How can I look at some of my negative tendencies and really grow in those areas? But just like you're saying, I mean, it has opened my eyes. And I feel like the word that comes to mind for me is just empathy. Like I can empathize much better with like one of my best friends here. She doesn't like going to hotels. Like I would live at a hotel, like Disney Channel style, just like put me in the penthouse. You know what I mean? Like I love fun. I love people. I love new environments. And so when she's like, well, I don't really want to go to a hotel. I want to stay in my bed. I'm like, what? But like understanding her Enneagram type helps and understanding her better helps me understand, oh, that makes so much sense for you. That is so fitting for you. And I still like this other thing that I like, you know, you just, and that's a silly example, but you can see even on a deeper level, why people do things they do. It helps you understand. It just helps your relationships so much. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so great. Okay. Let's do a overview of the nine types first, and then we'll chat a little bit about clutter and how that relates. Okay. So how do you like to go through the nine types? Okay. So I'm going to just do it chronologically for everybody. Okay. Perfect. And so... All right. So let's start with our ones. The ones Ones. are known as the perfectionist, sometimes referred to as the improver. Mm -hmm. And the core motivation is about excellence. And it's more about excellence for themselves. They want to improve the world around them. Mm -hmm. And which again, who doesn't love that? And again, you're going to hear there's great. Every time you, I go through each Enneagram type, you're like, I love that number. Who doesn't want to be that? Right. So the one defining characteristic of the ones that really sets them apart from other types on the Enneagram is they have this internal critic that is constantly nagging at them. So Mm -hmm. I liken it to like that little like devil on your shoulder that's whispering (laughs) in your ear when you're in the cartoons. And it's really about not so much that they're judging other people, they're really judging themselves and how they show up in the world and what they're involved in has to be excellent. So you want to think about your great things about your ones in terms of clutter and organization. They're your natural list makers, right? Mm -hmm. They are your very detail-oriented, 
I's dotted, T's crossed. Yes. To do list people, right? So you want to have someone in your life to kind of really make (laughs) sure, especially to kind of counteract some of the other ones that are just more like, let's go have fun. You know, sometimes (laughs) having that one tethered can help you, right? Yes. But where ones really need to be mindful is that constant revision, that constant... Mm. I need to get it better, delays progress for them. So I always say to ones, think progress over perfection, which I know yeah. sounds very cliche and cute, right. but it's something that I really encourage them to put into practice. If it's in business, it's put the blog post down or the Instagram yes. post down. If it's in your family, like let let your kids make the bed. But you know, ones tend to kind of want to control the situation so everything can be perfect. And so what happens is, is ones a lot of times will take on more responsibility than mm. they need to. They yeah. struggle with delegating because they feel yes. that other people aren't going to do it as well. They won't do it as well. <laughs> they won't do it as well. And yeah. so as a result, there's this internal stress, anxiety, yeah. and they wind up struggling with what I call calendar clutter. And so mm. calendar clutter is that overscheduling. And when you're constantly you know, taking more things on, more things on, things are going to fall through the cracks. It's just natural. And so that's really where ones need to be careful, not so much about they're going to have the messy room or the sink full of dishes, but internalizing that and not letting go Mm. when they need to. Yeah, that's so good. I feel like the ones, there's like a smaller percentage of ones I've heard. There's a pastor I follow who's a one, and I think there's 5% of the Enneagram total is ones. So there's not a lot of ones yeah. in the world, but I feel like we need them. And I think it's just, it's so fun to hear you go through this because I think of my friends who are each type as you're yes. talking, and I'm like, yes, that is my yeah. friend. But yeah, it's so true. And like they're also called the perfectionists. So like everything has to be perfect. Perfect. And so it's hard to let go. It's hard to delegate. I think there's also that phrase, um, better done than perfect. And so sometimes it's hard to hit publish, to send it off, yes. to finalize, because it's like there could always be improvements or there's that fear and that critic that I don't want to send this off. I don't want to finish this because it could always be better. Yeah. And it's funny that you use that expression because I use that in my teachings mm-hmm. where I talk about trying to practice that phrase. And that phrase in and of itself for one can be the equivalent of like nails on a chalkboard. Right. Because, exactly. And so my advice to ones just to give out like an actual tactical mm-hmm. thing for ones is define your win as a really small thing. So mm-hmm. you don't have to say, I'm going to declutter or I'm going to organize the entire pantry, do one shelf, do the spices, do something small because mm-hmm. ones get that dopamine hit from checking that to-do list off. Right. Yeah. So just start and work on an area, find one area that you can, especially for parents that you can delegate a little area. My one friend, Danielle, who's a dear, dear friend of mine is a, is a one. Mm-hmm. And she made her kids bad because she wanted it to be perfect as opposed right. to me letting my kids make their beds and it was sloppy, but they got in the habit of it. Fast forward, she had a 15 year old that still wasn't making the bed. And then right. everyone's relying on her because you've created yes. this oh, environment yeah. where everyone is dependent on you. Yeah. And so there's like learning opportunities for every type. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Perfect. Right, okay. Move on type to the two. Yes. Twos are known as the helper. Again, Mm -hmm. who doesn't want to be a helper? Yeah. And the twos 
inner, their need, their inner motivation has to do with feeling needed by other people, being valued by other people. And when you would stereotype, and again, I'm making some very broad stroke generalizations, but when you think of the two, you think of the homeroom mom, the person that at church is the first one to make a meal or start the meal train. Like those are very stereotypical, right? And again, the (laughs) beauty of the Enneagram is there's such a wild spectrum, but the helpers need internally is doing something because that's how they get their value. Mm -hmm. I get my value where the ones get their value out of how perfect and I'm creating this environment. Mm -hmm. Twos is all about that service and helping other people. Again, Mm -hmm. great quality until it becomes the driving force for why you're doing everything you're doing. And it comes Mm -hmm. back to kind of bite you. So where I say twos can struggle is when it comes to finding that almost, I hate using the word balancing act, Mm -hmm. but they spend so many times they put themselves last. So they're catering to everybody else, whether it's their friend, whether it's your community, whether it's their kids, their spouse, whatever. And so they don't, carve out the time to do the things, the organization things to Mm -hmm. keep their internal wheels moving. So if you're busy running carpool 10 different places, you don't have time to fold the laundry. Like those, those things fall through the cracks and you're putting yourself last. So a lot of times, again, twos will go until they're just, they hit a brick wall and then Mm -hmm. they get resentful. So the twos need to be also mindful of, you know, I don't, oh, I'll help you with this. I'll help you with that. And then again, running the risk of people becoming dependent. So creating that margin is really something that's important for twos. And I think one of the biggest things that I encourage twos to start doing is practicing saying no or not now. Mm. because their initial knee-jerk reaction is to say yes to everything. Like I said, oh, you need mm. somebody to sit on the committee. Oh, you need somebody yes. to do this. Oh, you need a Girl Scout troop leader. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. Your twos are going to want to say it because they judge their own value based on, oh, what they won't like me if I don't do this. Right. And it's not even something that they're necessarily conscious of doing. It's just yes. how they're wired, but the result can trickle down to them having some physical clutter or struggling with that emotional guilt of, oh, I feel like a bad mom if I get rid of this because my kid made it for me. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's, that's a little bit about the twos and how their relationship with clutter is. So again, my advice from a tactical standpoint is look at your calendar and start to say, what can I start to either delegate to other people or just say, I'm not going to do this right now. I'm going to focus it on whether it's myself or I'm just going to peel back and prioritize what's really important to reduce that calendar clutter and then Mm -hmm. build in time to make sure that that physical clutter doesn't accumulate because you're so Mm. busy with all the doing doing other things. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too. You, when you get deep into the Enneagram, you talk about like, how does this number manifest healthy and how does this manifest unhealthy? And it's funny because I know lots of twos. I have lots of friends in my life who are twos. And it's interesting because I feel like I can spot the unhealthy two more than I can spot unhealthy any other number. You know, like I just feel like it's so clear when someone is doing things for other people and sometimes when it's unhealthy, it can be so like, you have to love me because I'm doing this, 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 and this. And like, and not just like, we just love you for you and not not right. because you're doing all of these things for us. And so, you know, I feel like sometimes twos just need to like go within and like, what do I 
I need right now. You know, like sometimes you can neglect yourself because you're so pouring into everyone else. Yeah. And again, I don't want to like lose and geek out to the people that are brand new to the Enneagram, but there's this other thing that I do a lot of focusing in on in my teaching Mm -hmm. and in the book that I'm writing is about, they're called the three centers of intelligence, which is within each one of us thinking, feeling, and doing. And so each Enneagram type also is dominant in one of those centers. Mm -hmm. And so twos happen to be super dominant in feeling, which would make sense. Yep. So they feel everything, everything's feeling, and it doesn't mean that they don't think or make logical decisions. But sometimes, especially when it comes to the pragmatic stuff that takes a back burner because they're so driven by emotion and how that's going to be. And you don't want choose to be, they run the risk of becoming a martyr. You know, that giving nature can then turn into... You know, it like you said, when you're unhealthy. Too much, yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, let's dive into the three. Love the threes. Threes are known as the achievers. My husband is a three, so I know a lot. I've um, I've guinea pigged the threes quite a bit, and um, and it's funny because the threes, as you mentioned earlier, with the ones where you say the thought of done is better than perfect. I yes. say the motto of the three. They live by done is better than perfect. Yeah, yeah. So where ones will revise, 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 revise. It's not perfect enough. Threes are like, I'm just going to put it, it out there. Yeah. And you know what? It's fine. We'll fix it. We'll tweak it. We'll do whatever, which is I love about them. Yes. Where threes can struggle is they lack attention to detail. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to say like they're opposites of ones and threes, Mm -hmm. but there is, it's funny because I think they could each stand to pull from a little bit of each other Mm -hmm. to find that happy medium. Yes. Um, Interesting with threes and clutter. So threes are very image conscious. Mm -hmm. They are, their worth is based on their work. Mm-hmm. And so, and that could be, and even if you don't work outside the home, like if you are a stay-at-home mom, yeah. like that is, if you're three and you're a stay-at-home mom, you are like, I have to have the perfect house. I mm-hmm. have to have this. I have to, and there's this correlation between success. And mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that you're shallow and money-driven, but it's something about you are going to like me because I'm a success as opposed yes. to, I like you for you. Right. Yeah. And so, oh, were you going to say something? Oh, no. I mean, it's just interesting because I feel like you meet a lot of threes that are like CEOs and they're like, yes. they're such driven people, even like in multi-level marketing, they're like, they're at the top, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like threes just like get it done. You know, they're yeah. the achiever and they want to achieve. They want to get things done. They want you to know how like meddled and, you know, how well they're doing, they, but they get stuff done, which they is do. great. <laughs> they do. And and I will say normally, and if, you know, if anybody ever reads or listens or watches anything regarding like productivity, mm-hmm. one of the big tips people will say is don't multitask. Everyone says don't multitask. I will tell you from personal experience and from my research, threes are the one number on the Enneagram. Their superpower is multitasking. And I would joke with my husband and it wasn't even, sometimes it was like a joke. And sometimes I was like annoyed because I'm not like this. He could sit on the couch. He could, we could have a TV show. We could be watching like Bravo or HGTV in the background. He's got his iPad with a game and a laptop working on a presentation. And I'm like, 
are you even paying at least having a conversation with me? And I go, how? now, yes, for him, it's probably a touch of ADD as well. But yeah. I'm like, how are you able to focus on any one of these things? And he really can. And that is, and I've interviewed a lot of threes and they are actually really good multitaskers, huh. um, which is just a fun fact about yeah, that. So fact. I say use that to your superpower, like yeah. use that to your advantage. The thing is, because threes are image conscious, they don't like clutter. I actually, the, every three I've ever talked to does not like physical clutter at all. They don't like to see it because it just seems messy, disorganized, yeah. and that they don't like to see it. So they're like away is more important to them. Mm. They can run into trouble is I always teach that the purpose of an organization system, whatever that is, it could Mm -hmm. be, is the ease of retrieval. How quickly can I get it when I need it? Mm. And threes are so fast moving and so get it done that if they see something out of place, they'll just put it away. And And it's not necessarily like the home for that thing. And and it's not intentional. And I saw this growing up with, or watching my kids grow up. Mm -hmm. Josh would be notorious for like, putting away a paper that they were working on or <gasps> Zoe's like, and Zoe would be like, wait, I was doing research. I went up to my room and where, where's my, where's all my research? <laughs> he's like, and he's I, like, don't I don't know. Yeah. And like, sometimes if it's right then and there, he knows, but if it's like, I was working on later. Yeah. And so threes again, slowing down. And when I talk about that whole grace mm-hmm. piece at the beginning, at the top of the episode, I used to feel judged. Because my husband would come home and I would be like making dinner. There was choice out and he would come in and immediately start putting things away and doing things. Like he wouldn't mm-hmm. even have his coat off. Yeah. And I was like, I've got it. Do you not think I'm a good, like in my, yeah. like, do you not think I'm a good homemaker? Do you not think I'm a good mom? Do you not think I'm a good wife? And I would create these narratives. Mm. And when I learned the Enneagram and when, you know, it really had nothing to do with me. He Mm. would come in from a long day, have stuff on his mind and he would see toys and that would just add to his stress. So he would just put them away. He knew I would get to it, but I perceived it as judgment. Right. That had nothing to do with it. And so now, you know, I had had that language and understanding and knowledge we could have worked through it differently. But again, here I am festering thinking he doesn't think I'm doing a good job. And he's like, I just need it out of my sight. Correct. Yeah, totally. um, What I, my advice to threes is realize that not everybody works at your speed at the speed of light. Yeah. Um, You know, and to try to slow down and be more intentional and recognize that. I think that's a really big thing for threes because they do, they are efficient and that's a great thing. You know, they are efficient. They can, they can handle a lot of things on their plate. They Mm -hmm. can do it, which a lot of types can't, you know, Mm -hmm. but they just have to recognize and understand that not everybody has the same superpowers as them. Yeah. That's so interesting. So do you find that the Enneagram threes, like they might not have everything out on their countertops or everything away, but do you find that when you like open the cabinets, it's kind of a mess? Like they don't, they don't have like a system. Yeah. Some for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, not all, but yes, they definitely are very concerned about the appearance. Like Mm -hmm. that is the appearance. And it's funny because I have friends who are professional organizers. That's the Mm -hmm. space I play in. And I have friends that 
I don't know all the types that I don't have friends in a couple of types, but like I have friends who are threes that are professional organizers. Right. So it's again, it's not like everyone's a hot mess or everybody's this. There's right. not there's a spectrum. But yes, there's yeah. a spectrum for everybody. But yes, I think a lot of times, you know, you think about the whole I, I talk about, you know, kids saying, you know, when a parent tells a kid go clean your room and they just shove everything under the bed or in the closet. Yeah. Like, Look, my room is clean. Yes. A lot of times a three just wants that image. They want that. They just, I don't want to see it. I have clients who are threes and they're like, I just don't want to see it. Yep. Yeah. That's so interesting. I love that. Okay, cool. Four is the individualist. Yes. Fours. Love me the fours. So my, one of my daughters is a four. So fun. And fours are that, like you said, the individualist and they pride themselves on being unique and different. So the stereotype <laughs> that I have for anybody that isn't familiar with the Enneagram, and again, I really, I, any type can look any different way for right. sure, you know, but the stereotype is like that brooding musician or, yeah. you know, like the trendy Ali, artist, yeah, the trendy <laughs> artist. And that is my daughter. Like that was her through and through. Like <laughs> you don't want to be the conformist. Like you're right. the opposite of conforming. Opposite. Like that is, I do not want to be with the pack. I want to be over here by myself. (laughs) So, but the fours are also, everything has meaning. And so with everything has meaning, there's a lot of emotional clutter that comes with that. Oh yeah. Because they have to process everything and everything has a story and everything has some sort of like attachment. And so fours need to take their time to process it. So Mm -hmm. I look back at how my husband and my daughter would butt. And they're super close, but I would see in certain situations where they were butt heads because he would just want to wrap it up and get it done and just do it. And she had to sit in it. She enjoyed, like melancholy is her happy place. Like she, they like the melancholy. And it's interesting because it used to be poetic justice because she would be the kid that would pick up every like scrap on the playground and bring it home in her backpack. And I'd be like, what is this? And she's like, I had to take this pencil home because he needed a friend. Like these are the conversations (laughs) I had. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can you please get rid of it? So my my <laughs> advice specifically to parents who parent a four, mm-hmm. um, but if you are four is allow yourself that space to go through it. Don't use it as an excuse to hold on to everything. Don't use an excuse to like live in that, but give yourself a longer leash when it mm-hmm. comes to organizing. So a task that I might, if I know I'm working with somebody who's a three or a one, and I might say, okay, I think we can wrap this up in like 30 minutes. Give yourself an hour. Right. Like, give yourself more time to do something. Mm, yeah. Um, fours also, they, they're they very, you know, their reference point is to the past, which again, they, they mm-hmm. like to think about things in the past where like threes are future focused. They're mm-hmm. always looking ahead. What's next? What's next? Again, go to that kind of speed mentality. Ones want to kind of just let's reminisce, let's go down memory lane. And so when you think about clutter, that just elongates the process. So they need to do it at their pace, but they can do it. They just need really hard boundaries. And whether that means you're setting a timer, whether that means you're saying to your kid, you can only have five of this, or you're mm-hmm. saying, this is the bin for your stuffed animals and you can choose the ones you want as long as they fit in here. Like whatever games you have to play, right. they need those boundaries. So I think that's really important for the fours, but don't rush them because that is when they start getting white knuckled and will rebel. That's when you don't want them <laughs> to go then 
screw you. I'm just going to keep everything Four and hours. hold on to everything. Yeah. Yes. That's so good. And I mean, this emotional clutter conversation, I mean, when we started, you know, decluttering, I mean, pretty soon after we got married, Chaz is like, no, no, no. Like we got to have a simple life, you know? And I like, I had to come up with strategies to deal with my desire for, to hold on to things because I had this emotional attachment to them. And honestly, one of my biggest strategies is just taking pictures. Like this shirt reminds me of whatever, take a picture and it makes you feel better. Do you need the picture? No. Do you need the shirt? No, you don't need the shirt. You don't need the picture, but it kind of allows you to let go. Like I still have a memory of this, you know? And for people that necessarily don't want to live a minimalist lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You can't, one of the biggest things that, again, I, a lot, all the practices that I do, I did before I learned the Enneagram, like there, mm-hmm. you can live a life without knowing it. It's just another tool in your toolbox. Sure. And one of the things that I found to be extremely successful, specifically with my fours who are the sentimental folks yeah. is making sure that they have a designated space for their memorabilia, for their keepsakes. Mm. Now, again, we have to set boundaries that not everything is the keepsake, not every broken pencil that you collect (laughs) off of it. But having a space for that, because somebody else might be able to process and go, oh yeah, this served me well for that season of my life. And now I'm done with it. I can move on. And that might really like clutch at like the heartstrings of a four. Right. So, or a two or something, you know, again. Yeah. So- having that, okay, you might not have to get rid of it right now. We can have this other space. So it's just knowing the strategies that are going to allow them to move the needle. Sure. Okay, cool. The five. Fives uh, for me are the toughest number to understand because they keep everything so close to the fast. Absolutely. So your fives are known as the investigator or the observer. There's a couple of different terms mm-hmm. that you can use for each of the Enneagram types. Mm-hmm. And fives are your real analytical people. They're very heady. <laughs> yes. um, they don't outwardly show emotion the way like maybe a two or a four would. Right. And they are somebody who likes to have all their facts and information before making a decision. Yes. So, which in some ways is great. Like you should be informed, but again, almost like the similar different, you know, their motivation and their motivation is again, having information. Knowledge is power, mm-hmm. right? Knowledge That's is the power. thing. Knowledge is power for a five. So where a one will continue to revise, revise, revise because they want that perfectionist, a five will research, 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 and not execute. So again, mm-hmm. it's, and they'll mistake the research for the doing. Like I will work with a five and they'll be like, and I plan to do this checklist and I plan to do this and I plan and they did all of this work on the planning, but they never quite pulled the trigger in the doing. Yes. And yes. so that's the big thing with fives is to actually pull the trigger to do. Mm. Um, and they are very conscious of their time. And so they hmm. will try to, they may hold on to something because they don't want to waste time getting it again. Like I already mm. bought this. So, so yes. I'll see fives go like my friend's husband's a five yes. and he'll go like, here's a perfect example. He'll go to Costco and they'll have a sale on spaghetti sauce and he will st- and he will buy it. And like, he'll buy like a case of it and they're empty nesters now. And then he'll go to Costco again, like the next time. 
and he'll buy another case. Like he's, oh, and I'm like, what are you, are you stockpiling for the apocalypse? And he's like, well, it was on sale and I don't want to have to go. What if I run out? Like, well, you already have 36 jars. I think you're good. Unless you're going to eat spaghetti every day the rest of your life. (laughs) Right. But it's not, it's out of a need of necessity, not Mm -hmm. because he's like, oh, I want to have options the way certain types do. Mm -hmm. It's about preservation. It's like a preservation Mm. with a five. So So interesting. Yeah. It's really fascinating. And because fives are very analytical and not super emotional. And I find being very direct with them and being very Mm. specific in your instructions, like don't be beating around the bush. Just be very clear and simple in what it is that you're expecting of them to do and Mm -hmm. give them very like, this is action strategy one. This is action strategy two. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise they're just going to get caught up in the planning. Yeah. That's so interesting. I, yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. The six, I have so many best friends that are sixes. (laughs) Well, sixes are, are, I believe considered the most popular type where there's the most sixes on the Enneagram. That's what I've been Mm -hmm. told. Yes. Um, So sixes are known as the loyalists again, who doesn't want to be a loyalist? Like who doesn't want to see? So their big inner motivation is fear. They don't, they doubt. There's a lot of doubt. And when you Mm -hmm. talk about clutter in the world of clutter and organization, one of the things I talk about is that fear and indecision component. When we talk about Mm -hmm. the clutter pitfalls, Mm -hmm. where people feel like they need permission to make a decision. They need permission. They need direction. And Mm. sixes will doubt themselves. They're also your worst case scenario thinkers. Yes. They worry a lot. Big, big, big worriers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they also might hold on to things because they want to prepare for the apocalypse. Do you know what I mean? They may (laughs) also be like, we need to hold it, but it's more out of fear versus the five that would do it out of like, I'm conserving time. You know what I mean? Yes. They're both resulting in clutter because you're mm-hmm. overbuying, yeah. but it's for different reasons. Interesting. And yeah. So what I find also is sixes, and I found this a lot when I was starting my business, or mm-hmm. actually when I was growing the business. Because when mm-hmm. I started it, I was all like hands-on. And this is like way before pandemic. Nobody was yes. doing virtual anything. There was no yes. Zoom, like there yeah. was nothing. Right? So this is back in the day. And I started having people that would say to me, oh, can you work outside your geographic area? And I was like, well, we can, you know, I can help you give a DIY package kind of thing. And Mm. they were like, oh, no, no, no. I need somebody holding my hand along the way. Yeah. And so sixes are the people that want, even if they're still doing the work, they like the safety net of knowing that Mm. there's somebody else there. And so what I say is whether you can, and when it comes to clutter and organization, because sixes will doubt themselves, even if I'm going to tell them the same thing that they already know, get an accountability buddy, like get Mm. a friend. If you can't hire a professional and you're struggling with clutter, say, can you come over and we'll work through this bin or this drawer or this cabinet? Can you talk to me while I'm going through it? Because yeah. sometimes that's all a six needs yeah. is they need that reinforcement yep. that they're doing the right thing. Like they need confirmation. To- you can yes. toss that out. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's really about the permission. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's what I say. And again, not letting that worst case scenario thinking stand in your way that what if, because that's what if is like one of the biggest roadblocks with yeah. what if I need it? What if somebody asked me for it? What if I get rid of this? And 
you know, my mother-in-law comes over and she's like, where's yeah. that vase I got you? You know, that has been sitting in the back of my closet. Yeah, All exactly. of these, the reels just start going. And so, so interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, whatever, I'm getting rid of it. <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's go to the seven. This is my type. I was going to say, <laughs> so, uh, all right, you'll have to tell me if I'm spot on. Okay. okay? You're going to be, I know it. if I'm off the mark. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So sevens are known as the enthusiasts. They are your life of the party. Fun, <laughs> glass half full people. Always. Yep. Okay. So I always say, again, not that they're polar opposites, but you look at, and it's funny because fours and sevens do share a line on the Enneagram. Yes. But where Logan, my daughter, is like a glass half empty kid by mm-hmm. nature, you're a glass half full. Like you're always. just always, and it's not inauthentic. It's just, oh. you could see the silver lining in things. And everything. <laughs> yeah. Which is a beautiful thing. And for some people that don't understand that, they can find it annoying. Yes. But I, because it's like, why are you so like- It can oh, be. But it's really, it's just, again, how you see the world. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is it. Okay. So here we are. Let's figure out how to make the best of it. Let's make mm-hmm. this an adventure. Let's, yeah. whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Enthusiasts they love to try new things. They love to go places. (laughs) They're your adventure seekers. So whether it's, I'm going to pick up a new hobby and today I'm in beer making and tomorrow I'm going to be learning how to knit or so. And then I'm going to take up, you know, whatever left-handed puppetry, I'm going to be collecting all of these supplies, the supplies to do it. And then where sevens need to be mindful is, okay, well, we're done with that. Now let's get rid of it. So we make room for the new instead mm-hmm. they continue to like bring in new and, oh, that was when I did this phase. And yes. this is when I was in this phase. Yes. And my guess is it's also, I did these seven phases, but I'm going to keep all of it because I'll probably come back to it and I'll probably do that again. <laughs> yes. And the other thing with sevens is there's always something more fun to be doing. Organizing yeah. isn't fun. Like, let's be honest. Right. I can yes. make it fun. I have like all these things like my kids. Cause again, I used to do, my kids were my test mm-hmm. guinea pigs. Yep. You know, you could do organizing races and try to make it kitschy and fun. But at the end of the day, it's routine and boring. Yep. And the thought of that for a seven is like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yes. So when it's a beautiful day, instead of being inside or organizing your garage, you'd rather be outside mm-hmm. going on a hike. And I yep. get it, but yes. it's about finding that happy space mm-hmm. between saying, okay. Cause then what happens is you're going all weekend and then you spent, you allowed no time for prep, which is yep. for you because yes. you've <laughs> obviously figured out how to do this yes. in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is then if you, but if you haven't figured out a life hack, how to prep your meals or mm-hmm. freeze your meals and do like all of these things that you do, you figured out a way for you to have both. And yes, but it's like it, in response to my flaws, I, as you're saying, like monotony is the opposite of a seven. Like it is my fear. Like I will go run seven miles with you on a trail because it's different and it's fun. If you get me to run seven miles on a treadmill, 
I would rather die. <laughs> like I would rather die. And so decluttering can feel so monotonous. And yes. so I have to find a way to make it fun. You know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta like use your motivation and learn that from the Enneagram. And then we put on music. I always have to have a buddy. And so like Chaz is like Saturday's cleaning day. And so we have music. I take Owen, he takes Ella. We go clean the mirrors. They go do this. But like, if I'm with someone else and I feel like it's at least a little bit fun, I can make it happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's okay to take breaks. And this goes yes. again, also for any of the Enneagram types, right? but like a one is probably going to be like, no, I'll work for seven hours straight. I don't yep. need a break. Right. Or seven's going to be like, okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to go yes. to a playground for 30 minutes yes, and come back. Yes. And allowing yourself these little wins, these little breaks throughout the day mm-hmm. is really, really helpful. And it's okay because Organizing is a, is a marathon. It's a long yeah. game that we're playing. Exactly. This is a, we're talking about a lifestyle, right? We're not yes. talking about we're decluttering because companies coming over. We're talking yeah. about your lifestyle. So how can I incorporate this to not have this be so dreaded, even though it might not really be fun? Like, okay, yeah. I don't really like <laughs> to do this, but you know what? How's the best way that I can make this happen? Right. So. And, and be sure that it becomes a pattern and I'm able to keep doing it over and over. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Let's go to the eight because okay. you are an eight. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I can speak to the ace because I am an eight. So yes. eights are known as the challenger and your eights are your tell it like it is direct mm-hmm. people often misconstrued or perceived as domineering, bossy, um, every not nice word that kind of goes with that. Um, I always say that for me, it's more, and oh, and our unconscious motivation is justice. We are the champion mm-hmm. of the underdog. Yep. And for me, and this is a greatest strength and it's my greatest flaw is I am more concerned about being right than being liked. Mm-hmm. And so I could be like a dog with a bone if I am really impassioned about something. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a, specifically could be about helping other people. But if I'm not mindful, that could run at the risk of being detrimental to relationships. <laughs> yeah, that Thanksgiving conversation about immigration. It's just yeah, but just going to go well. Yeah. So <laughs> we, I try to, you know, we try to avoid those types of heavy topics. But right. in the world of clutter and organizing, so. Eights are also very similar to threes that a lot of leaders, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of CEOs are eights. And it's because in certain scenarios, we're risk takers. It's funny Mm -hmm. because I'm a safety person. Like Mm. I'm not like risky when it comes to like money and things like that, Mm. but I'm not afraid of like, what are people going to think of me? Like where two is concerned or one is so nice. I literally never, like that's never a consideration for you. I mean, I don't want people to not like me, but um, like when I started on this whole Enneagram, like kind of pivoting my business to really hone in and do yeah. like be the Enneagram and clutter check kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If people thought I was crazy, even when I started my business, people were like, you're going to be a professional organizer. That's crazy. And I was like, well, I'm going to try. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go yeah. back and become a recruiter. What I did yeah. before, like, right. And if you think I'm crazy, that's that's on you. That's not on me. Like that's a you problem. Gosh, that's such a great mindset. I think we could all learn from that from so, the eights. 
I mean, I guess in some ways it is because I really don't, but I want to be mindful of people's feelings. Don't make, yes, I, I don't right. want to, yes, I don't want to do something to hurt somebody's feelings. Of but course. I'm not like, I don't need that validation yeah. the way certain other, I don't need yeah. personally. And you're I don't not need like validation. held back. I think that's the biggest thing is people being held back. What's my mom yeah. going to think? What's my family going to think? What's my friends going to think? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. yeah, I think my kids wish I had filed back a bit as they were growing up. And perhaps if I had had some Enneagram wisdom under my belt, I would have been a healthier eight because yeah, sure. a, an unhealthy eight is very fierce. Um, we're the, we could be a mama bear, but in yeah. any event, but in the world of clutter and organization, so eights can also struggle with calendar clutter because we're always doing things. Now mm-hmm. we, and we were just talking offline. I have a business that I run. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, my kids are grown, so I don't, I'm not doing all the mom things with littles, but you know, I run a business. I have run a big charity event. I'm trying to write this book. Like I have all these things. So it's protecting my time and creating margin is mm-hmm. very important. And I have learned over the years, just like you have how to mm-hmm. learn to kind of manipulate your type to work yes. to your benefit. Mm-hmm. I've become ruthless with like time blocking strategy. I was going to say, I bet time blocking helps. I'm a huge time blocker and you know, it works for me. Mm-hmm. I like it. And I happen to be somewhat self-motivated so that if I know I'm going to set aside my time, like this is the time I work on this, this is the time I work on that. For the most part, not all the time because I'm human, sure. yeah. I am good about holding myself accountable where right. other people really need that outer accountability. Yes. I am good at giving myself accountability. Mm. And again, like the, another thing that I always tell the eights is because you don't realize how big in the room you are. Like I never real, like, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I like the threes, we process information really quickly and we go, yeah. go, go. And we're very future focused. That could be a lot for somebody mm-hmm. who isn't that, that needs that slower processing. And so for eights, when you're working with somebody, patience mm-hmm. is like my biggest area. Every morning, Same. every morning, I, and I've been doing this for over a year, I sit down and I recite the fruits of the spirit to myself. Mm. Like it's just part of, I read my devotion every day I recite it. And every day it's like patience is the one. And whenever, and it could be, I'm standing in line. It doesn't have to only yes. be with clutter. It's just life in general. But with specifically, if it's something relating to either physical clutter or calendar clutter, I don't mm-hmm. really struggle with emotional clutter a ton. But if mm-hmm. I'm working with somebody who is, for me, I have to intentionally be like, okay, God, I'm, I need to practice my patience right now. Cause yes. that's, a, that's, that's the struggle's real. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think I'm a seven wing eight. And so I feel the same way. I'm like, we're doing this thing. Get out of my way. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like so. you're too slow. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the nine. The nine's a peacemaker and this yes. is my husband. And oh. so I love nines. I yes. love nines. I love nines too. And my other daughter's a nine. And oh, so, so good. I... I put this disclaimer. This is one of those times where I really wish I knew that Eagram when they were younger because peacemakers, you know, uh, here I am like, stand up for yourself, do all these things. And she's the peacemaker. She's conflict avoidant as much as I get energy from conflict. And I have no problem. Not that I want to pick a fight, but I have no problem having a conversation, Uh even a tough conversation because I feel like let's just put the facts out there and not put emotion in it. Right. Nines will look at any type of 
a discussion as conflict. They can, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And so nines also, so yeah, so they're conflict avoidant, which is great because they're peacemakers. Mm-hmm. They have the innate ability to see every side of the equation. So yes. you've got like something, you know, two different sides. They can see both sides, which is a mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful quality. The nines can struggle with prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Nines can be very go with the flow people. And at least on the outside, they internally, they can deal with their own anxiety, but they don't like to show it because again, conflict avoidant. Right. Um, they somewhere down the road have this vision in their mind that their opinion doesn't matter, which is really not the case. So just reminding them like you do have an opinion and it matters. Mm-hmm. is a really big thing for nines, but nines can look at 10 different tasks and we'll pick up what's right in front of them. Not necessarily what needs to be done, but what's right, right there. Cause it's like low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. And so what I say to nines also is getting somebody to kind of give you some tactical, like to A, B and C and direction. Mm-hmm. Um, nines will often also doubt themselves in some ways, similarly mm-hmm. to a sex. Again, different reasons why, but they can doubt themselves. I'm not really sure. And so having somebody there to just help them, encourage them to make a decision. I think for nines, it's really important to empower them to feel like their voice is heard. Yeah. And so for parents who have a kid that's a nine, you know, as a parent, we want to, if we don't like Claire, we want to be picking up all the toys and we want to be doing all the things. And again, the one is doing it for perfectionist. The two is doing it because they want to be perceived as the best mom. You know, everyone's doing it for a different reason. Mm-hmm. You know, the nines, it's so important for your kids to feel like they have a say of what toys do you want to donate? Let them have mm. a voice. And again, all nine types, but I think specifically if you are allowing your nines to have a voice. And even as an adult, like, what are you not wearing? What are you not doing? Mm-hmm. What are you not using? Yeah. And most nines will be like, I don't care. I don't know if you feel that way with your husband. Oh. Oh, well, it works for me. It works for us because I am so decisive. I am so opinionated. I want to have a fun experience. So where do you want to go to dinner? He's like, I literally don't care. And I'm like, cool, let's go to this Mexican place. And he's like, great, works for me. Like, yes, yes. <laughs> and he, and, and when you, when you try to pin him down, like, no, I really want you to choose. He's like, Caroline, I really don't care. And I want you to choose. Like I feel better. And so, but I have learned though, like you're saying, have a voice. If he does speak up, like I do want this, then that's the time that I really need to honor that. Like I always choose, you want ramen tonight? By golly, let's go get ramen. You know what I mean? Like he he needs to be heard when he does have, like when he does speak up for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing I just want to say about the nines is they also can run out of steam. And so being really clear, and I think this holds true with most, but some are kind of energizer bunny-ish when it comes to organizing and decluttering. Mm -hmm. Nines will hit a wall. And so being really clear of like, we're just going to do this for half an hour and then Mm -hmm. then you're just going to stop, you know, having them see where that where the finish line is for that day or this task or whatever we're doing is really, really helpful because I think mm. the thought of just, we're going to do it till it gets done can seem <laughs> completely like overwhelming to a nine because yeah. they might not have the vision of how they're going to do it in the first place. So they might be yes. like, Oh my God, I'm going to be here for eternity. <laughs> so say, listen, yeah. get as much as you can in this amount of time. That is really 
like a relief to a nine. I can see that. It's funny because I feel like all nine types can have different like animal associations. And we laugh so much because sometimes the nine can be the sloth. (laughs) The sloth moves like six feet in a day. And so it's just so funny because the funny thing is my husband's a physician. He's like very goal oriented. Like he really is like, he has a lot of things that are very nine ish. And then a lot of things that I'm like, wow, you like really made that happen, you know? But I will say another thing with nines is like work when they work best. So like for the past few days, we've been trying to hang some stuff up around the house. And like after Chaz comes home from work, he's exhausted. He wants to, you know, just like sit down and chill and talk and play with the kids, but he doesn't want to go do another thing and hang up all the stuff all over the house. So he's like, you know, when I get home, you need to be ready to go. We need to have dots on the wall or, but for him, it's really like morning. Morning works great for him. So weekends are good for him. If it's like get stuff done, whether it's like decluttering or cleaning or whatever, or projects, morning is best for him. So just find the time that works best for your nine. (laughs) I think that's so great. And I talk about that. I talk about, I call it your peak productivity time is knowing. And especially for certain types that really do have, a time when they're like, I'm done. He gave all his energy at work. He took all, you know, he channeled all that he had to give and now he's depleted. And again, I can go through for uh, several different types on the Enneagram, but I think that's awesome advice is yeah. Use that peak productivity time to your advantage. Yay. Well, thank you so much for coming. This was so great. We'll have to do a deeper dive later, but this was a, such a good overview. Hopefully people will be able to find their type, even from just what we said. But if people want to connect with you more, yeah. whether they need your services, I know you have a whole network of professional organizers. Where can people connect with you? Yeah. So the best place is just go to my website, which is the hub for everything. So my website is simply the letter B like boy organized from there. You can connect up with all the different things that we have going on, our digital products, free resources, my podcast. My podcast is called This Organized Life. So obviously you're listening to this, you're a podcast listener, head on over and you can listen to Caroline's episode with me, which is so much fun. And we're all over social. So you can connect up all the things. Just go to simplybeorganized.com. Perfect. Well, we will put all of those links in the show notes. And thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Lori. I learned so much about myself and my own connection to clutter and learned so much about other people in my life. So you are just a wealth of information. Listeners, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you are new to the Enneagram, I hope that you are now encouraged to dive in. If you want to connect with Lori further, you can find her at simplybeorganized.com, on Instagram at simplybeorganized, Also, please be sure to check out her podcast, This Organized Life. If you want to listen to my podcast episode with Lori on her show, it is episode 271, and I will link that and everything else in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week.